Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. So if you're, if you're, are you ready? I was born ready. Awesome. Um, Cool. So, hey, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgia, and I'm glad to have you with me here today. The Road to a Billion is a call-in radio show style podcast where you can ask me questions about freelancing, copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, scaling funnels, relationships, money, and more. And you can also ask my guests those questions, including my awesome guest today, who I will introduce in just a moment. The reason for the name The Road to a Billion is twofold. One is that I've hit around a billion dollars in sales, both for my own products uh, and for clients, and because I want to make an impact in the lives of a billion people over the next 10 years. So we'll take some of your questions and kind of calls on the show here. So if you're on the Zoom recording live, feel free to pop them into the Q&A and those will get answered a bit later on. But right now I want to introduce my guest who is Tony Grebmeyer, someone who's helped play a part in me making, uh, selling so much stuff through his company Ship Offers, which is a perennial Inc. 5000 company. They they keep growing faster and faster every year. Um, I believe you guys are doing healthy nine figures this year. I don't know if, if that's true or you, if that's okay. No, we're close. We're very close, close but no, okay. we're not there okay. yet. Okay. Well, on your way to healthy nine figures. Um, and, you know, on top of that, uh, Tony hosts the Be Fulfilled podcast. He is a mentor to numerous people in our industry, uh, someone I've known and worked with since 2015, just an awesome person. And um, Tony, we're thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for, for joining us. Well, hey, first and foremost, thank you for having me, and I'm excited. I, and I love your mission statement on the road to a billion. You know, that's that's a that's an impact statement, and you skimmed over it really quick. But to be able to you know affect change and help people, that's amazing. Man. Thank you, man. Yeah, and I'm really uh, constantly thinking about ways to do that, how to how to amplify it, and um, you know, and that's something that you we can maybe even start there because that's you, you, since I've known you, which is about 2015, it's like you've had ship offers, but you know, you've almost looked at that as like a vehicle to then affect positive change in people's lives and to mentor them. So why is that so important to you? Why is it that you've, you've stepped so much into like a mentorship role and, and why is that, you know, something that drives you? Well, first, I mean, I had mentors growing up who helped me when I didn't know what to do. They pointed me in the right direction. And I, I found that, you know, from sports at a high level that I played to somebody just pulling me aside when I was doing poorly in school and saying, hey, you know, I believe in you. And I think it's something in our society that our egos get in our way and like, I can't ask for help. I don't want your help. And then I go all the way back to, you know, 20, uh, 2008, my, my life was over. I literally was gonna go up and commit suicide. And somebody called me and came and knocked on my door a few minutes later and saved my life. And they told me my life had meaning and purpose, how I, I was living it, didn't. And I had all the success. I had all the accolades. I had all the money and the house, I had the kids, you know, doing well in business, ship offers, et cetera. But personally, I wasn't being fulfilled. And that's really my journey for life is helping people to find, because we offer pro- professional fulfillment. That's easy, right? You can go anywhere and find fulfillment, but you can't go anywhere and find personal fulfillment within. You have to do that. You have to do the hard work. And so that's been my, my core belief. And that's really what I'm after today is to help as many people like you have a mission, like mine is to help people become personally fulfilled in what they do. And it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with that fulfillment. Um, maybe it's because they equate, you know, financial success with sort of, uh, you know, like happiness, and that's just not true. Um, do you feel comfortable going a little bit deeper and onto like where you were at in 2008 and, and you know, what was going Open on? Open book, you can ask me any question, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, so maybe set the stage. I know, I mean, you, you were struggling with substance abuse, right? You were, your marriage was, was in a tough place. I mean, everything like had it, had you always sort of, did that come as you became more successful or do you always sort of had those demons and that as you became successful financially, that, that then 
um, you know, the, the worst tendencies kind of got drawn out or they were more enabled because of like the financial means and, and that sort of thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, so I don't really believe we change. I think we adjust. Mm. And so some people may say, hey, that's a change. I'm like, well, I'm always going to be an alcoholic, even though I'm not drinking and I haven't had a drink in 12 years. Like those tendencies to drink, if I end up in a bar long enough, I'll probably have a buzz. If I go to a barber, you know, long enough, I'll eventually get a buzz. I'll, I'll sit there long enough, something will, bad will happen. So I have to surround myself with a lot of positive things in my life to help me. But in 2008, it, you know, I was a million dollars in debt every time I went to, you know, was living in an apartment separated from my wife. I'd go like need more money. So I'd get a credit card application online, fill it out, get a decline in the, the mail. And it would just make me feel worse and worse as a human being. I'm like, what the heck happened? But here's the interesting thing. I modeled what I saw growing up. My dad was uber successful, you know, up and down, multimillionaire, lose it all, multimillionaire, lose it all. And I modeled what I saw. And I think a lot of us do that. And so it's really important to model about people who have longevity and success, not people you see instantly on like Snapchat or Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook and showing you their, their nice cars and their life because you only see what they want you to see. And um, it took a lot of work and a lot of hard times for me to get humble enough to ask for help. And my mom was the person who helped me. She talked to me for 44 minutes on the phone and um, I finally said, yes, I needed help. And I was on 12, 14 of 08. And then that night I called somebody and they, they helped me to get into the rooms. And on 12, 15 of 08, I started my, my sobriety and my journey. And like I said, I haven't had a drink since. And so what really, really changed was the people I hung out with. And then I needed to make sure the people around me knew what was my demon and my dark side so that, you know, you want people in your life who don't want you just to be fun one night and a bump on a log the rest. You want to surround yourself with people who are really helping you and just like you're helping them to get to the next level. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, um, you know, being sober for, for close to 13 years now, um, I guess, you know, I was saying it's interesting for me. I mean, you know, being personal here, it's like I, I talk about there's times where like I'll have like a drink almost every day. And, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He stopped drinking before I was born. They basically told him he was going to die because his liver was fucked up. And then he, you know, he made it for a good long period of time and then died of liver cancer, which was, I'm sure, related to the abuse from, you know, 20 years prior or whatever, about 25 years prior. Um, you know, I have periods where I'm like, I, I drink and like, I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Again, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't characterize, characterize myself as having a problem, but then there's times where I don't drink for several days and it's like, Jesus, my energy is better. God, I'm so clear headed. I feel so much better. And then I get really tempted about like, you know, eh, maybe like I should just really like not drink. Right. I, there's, there's, but I guess so I'm some curious, maybe this is for me more than anything else. Like, you know, what are some of the, I'm sure it's, it's still not easy. It never gets easy necessarily. I'm sure it's easier. I don't not. think about alcohol unless right. we talk about it. Right. And there's an interesting fact that I didn't know, but I learned and I'm so grateful I did. And I have this statement that goes with it. We're all allotted a certain amount of drugs, alcohol, food, whatever. And then there comes a time when all of that's gone. And what I was doing was stealing yours. Mm. That's when I knew that it wasn't fun anymore. Right. Um, you know, being a million dollars in debt isn't fun. Being separated from your wife for almost three years isn't fun. Seeing your kids, you know, isn't fun. Everybody and their mother was trying to whisper into my wife's ear, my friend's ears, like, what's going on with Tony? My business partners didn't want anything. They go, well, maybe he'll come in today and do his work. So the question that I look at like this is I just have been more productive since I was able to name it and claim it and put it to the side. So I don't think about it, like really worry about it. I can hang out with everybody and get drunk. I just will leave a lot sooner than you will and you'll wake up late the next day and I'll be up early and like ready to rock my day. Yeah. I, it was a personal choice. Like my wife likes to have a drink. Like my friends like to have a drink. I'm not a Debbie Downer on them or anybody. I'm just like, you do you, I do me. And I know what works for me today. It's like your car takes regular. I just choose to put premium in it. Yeah. There's no difference. There's nothing wrong with it. I just choose to do something different. Totally. No, and I can test that. I mean, we were together at a wedding a few weeks ago and like, you know, people were drinking and you're just, you're just chilling. Right. And that's, that's how my dad was too. And it was, it was cool to see. I know it was hard though. Right. I mean, I know, I know lots of people who struggle with, with, kind of alcohol, you know, dependency for their whole lives. And then it's just like a entrepreneur who's up and down. It's like they're, you know, there's stretches of sobriety, there's stretches of uh, off the wagon and, and it's difficult. So it's, it takes a lot of, of, a lot of willpower, I guess. So I guess one last question on that and we'll move to, I mean, I want to talk about ship offers and all kinds of other stuff, but um, what do you think has been the number one secret? I mean, cause it sounds to be like, yeah, I just stopped doing it. And it's like, cool. But like, you know, what was the number one thing that, that you think has enabled you to, 
to make that to stick with that decision. I mean, it takes a lot of willpower. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a support system. Is it the people that you surround yourself with? Is that the answer? Or I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, that's 100%. I mean, if you, you surround yourself. Like, it doesn't matter if you want to build a nine-figure, ten-figure business or a six-figure business. It's hard to talk to somebody doing three figures and expecting them to like help empower you. They've never done it. So I just surrounded myself. Like the guy who works with me, I had breakfast with him this today. He's got 45 years of sobriety. Yeah. Right. There, so I'm not. I'm not talking, there isn't anybody that's bad, just you gotta find people who have what you want. And I went after a guy who had some time and, and I've modeled myself after what I see him do and how he leads his life and his life's phenomenal. So to answer your question and to answer all of it, it comes down to community. I mean, that's why you're doing the show. It's yes. community. You wanna, you, you're bringing as many people as you can who wanna jump on the road to billion uh, you know, and get on the road with you and be there. I mean, that's all I'm about at the end of the day is like, I know that there's, 7.4 billion people on this planet and, and I want to help the ones who really want to help themselves get to that next level and it, it can be business it can be relational it can be community it can be anything and as long as you have an ounce of willingness um, I'll show up and I'll be there for you awesome man well I love that um cool so change, changing gears a little bit um I mean ship offers is, is growing wildly you guys just uh you know, moved into did you officially move into that new space we're about a week we got furniture going in today we're, we're super excited it's we bought a building during the time when people weren't buying buildings you know during covid and uh we just doubled down our efforts and then uh we just secured fifty thousand additional square feet uh of space and another facility and we're just working on our kind of east coast blueprint and then i want to take over the world that's my belief so like let's go let's go conquer because the world has now seen amazon like and it's changed you probably have noticed it with you know vsls and things that you buy you, people want it tomorrow but they order it today or they want it in four hours because they they know a drone's going to deliver it so changing the buyer's behavior is what i'm after from a shipping standpoint and how do i do that yeah, and this new facility, the one in, in Cardo, I think you said it has something like 19 bays or 20 or 21, something, something, something crazy. 18 like bays, man, 18 which bays. is the most I've ever seen in any facility, and, and I, I couldn't be more excited. And it's a really funny story. The building that was in it previously was like an Ethan Allen furniture like warehouse where they had put furniture together and then go get it, you know, dropped off. And when, um, when we were having our son, our first born are my dad used to say oh i worked at an ethan allen furniture place you know maybe you can name him allen and my first kid's name is ethan alexander and i just believe the universe works really really well <laughs> and put something funny into my life that lets me remember my dad in a funny way so every time i get to walk into that building i gotta put a smile on my face that's awesome yeah and and so and again the, the change of behavior it was funny i was talking to them before we kind of went live um i was talking with we were talking about how i'm having some energy issues right now and um, one thing I was like, well, I've got some of the supplements I normally take here in uh, San Diego where we are. I'm like, I don't have this, the, the B12 and I've been taking B12. Maybe it's because of like of that. And I looked on Amazon and, and it had my place in Vegas originally like saved, right? Because I live in Vegas most of the time. And it was like same day delivery. And I'm like, awesome. Then I switched it to the San Diego dress and it's like tomorrow. And I was like, forget it. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, and then we went on Instacart or something like that and had it, you know, delivered that way. Um, but it's like, man, that, that is such a crazy change from where we were at a couple of years ago, even where I'm like, tomorrow, <laughs> you know, you speak oh. tomorrow, you like amazing. <laughs> it's crazy how it's changed. No, and our buyer behavior has changed because we were introduced to it. And I mean, there's there's no reason now that, you know, um, you know, we we launch our new facility in a couple of weeks, but across the street is a new Amazon facility. And so Josh, myself just got back from a trip and Josh says to me, you know, it's kind of cool that that facility's there. That means that there'll be more shipments quicker to where we live. Mm. Like, it's just like making a flip, flip the switch of the thing that you're thinking about and go, what's the positive, not the negative. Right. So, you know, Amazon's a great asset to a lot of people. You know, if you ask like people in my family or kids or whatnot, they'll say it's a horrible place to work. You know, they treat their employees better, but I'm like, I get that. Then why do you still order from there? Like, <laughs> there's a negative and a positive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so ship offers where it's at today. I mean, you know, rapidly growing, just, you know, becoming disruptive. Uh, you know, it's been awesome. We do I, for people who are, who are watching or listening, who don't know, I'm kind of assuming people know about ship offers because I've worked with you since 2015. I've talked about you. You're a sponsor of our mastermind. I would recommend pretty much everybody use you, you know, whether they need the like supplement manufacturing fulfillment or, you know, physical, any kind of physical product like newsletters, books. I mean, you guys do it all, but can you kind of just summarize 
what SHIP offers is today for people so they understand. And then from there, I, I want to kind of go back to the beginning and that journey to, to get to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a catalog of about 50 products uh, that you can white label and put a label on and, and we'll fulfill those and send them to your customers. So direct response, e-com. If you can sell, and, and we try to work with a specific type of client. You know, we have four avatars that are super important for us. Um, people who are good at selling. And I grew up our first probably 15 years of our business prior to you and I meeting was a lot of like holding their hand onesies and twosies. And that became something that was a lot of work and it wasn't scalable. What's scalable is knowing your avatar and knowing the people that you want to work with and then going out and finding those people. So today, you know, if it's, you know, ClickBank, if it's buy goods, wherever they may be, those people are out there and they already are running successful offers and they're just looking for something different. So they pick our catalog, they find their upsells, they see what's next, maybe a trending product that we're using and launching. And they say, hey, you know, how can I get plugged in? So we give them the tools and the access. And we're kind of like a bank because we let you use our products and services and then pay us, not up front. So traditional fulfillment and marketing is you're feeding a meter and you're feeding that meter if it works or it doesn't work. Well, you're paying us after that it worked. And so uh, we become really appealing to a lot of people and we're worldwide. We've been around 20 years. And the one thing that I love about what we do is I think at the end, there's a million fulfillment companies, there's a million labs, we just care more than others. And that's something that, you know, you talked a little bit about me, that's what I preach and teach to the team, that's you You have to care more at the end of the day because somebody else is gonna whisper in their ear and grab their attention and get them to move. And the reality is if they provide a phenomenal service and you do what you say you're gonna do, people will stay regardless because they know at the end of the day, they're not gonna find it any better. Yeah, I mean, ship offers, like literally changed everything for me with my own first self supplement company. Cause I was, I was paying for all my inventory up front. Um, my fulfillment provider we were using was just someone I had randomly found through like a Google search. Um, I won't name them. They're not like most people wouldn't know who they are who, who, cause it was just, it wasn't even like they're not in our industry. They just whatever. And, um, so, so first of all, it was like, you know, as I started to scale my offer, that was a ton of money to put into inventory, right? I'm putting like 250,000, $300,000 like purchase orders in, um, you know, you get terms where it's half up front, half upon delivery. And you're like, okay, well, like that's kind of cool, but I still haven't actually sold anything yet. And um, you're still you waiting know. eight weeks to 12 weeks and 16 weeks in some instances right now. In the yeah, industry. massive lead times, um, like too. And, and so, yeah. And so that was like, uh, you know, a huge chunk of my cash was going into there. And then I was at Ed O'Keefe's mastermind and I talked about that and he's like, well, why aren't you just, you know, working with like an on-demand provider, um, you know, like ship offers. And I was like, ship offers. And he's like, like, Tony's literally standing right there. Go talk to Tony. And I went and talked to you and you're basically like one of my main formulas, which was like a, um, like not a completely custom, but I had taken, it was, it was kind of half custom, but then you guys were like, basically had almost the exact same formula on demand. And like, you're like, oh yeah, we could just do that. And you don't pay us until we like, uh, you know, until you sell it. And I was like, wait, that's a thing. And you're like, yeah, totally. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, boom, massive game changer. And then on the fulfillment side, um, the, you know, the company we were using before, was like, they would make mistakes all the time. We get shipped to the wrong place. There'd be delays. They were like, you know, kind of messing up on the pick and pack stuff, like all kinds of, of issues. And then, I mean, we, I remember a guy on my team had a whole PowerPoint, the case against blank, the other fulfillment provider, because he hated them. He was in customer service, but he was so passionate about how much they were screwing our business. And then switching to ship offers, it was like, the mistakes went away. It was like, customers got their stuff on time when they're supposed to, you know, like you guys like truly did care more. And, and I agree. I think you can out care the, the competition. I think that's a huge competitive advantage if you guys actually care. And so, you know, just to give my glowing endorsement, like, and, and you know, and then like I said, you guys are a sponsor of Copy Accelerator, but that's only because I believe in you guys and love you guys and have worked with you guys for, for years. So when you said you were like, I, I asked you like, you know, to be a sponsor. And when you guys said, yes, I was like honored because, um, yeah, I just can't, again, this isn't to become the, the, the ship offers endorsement show, but like, it is really like, I authentically, um, you know, you guys changed my business really tremendously. So I did want to share that, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, one of the things that I want people to know at the end of the day, you know, launching a supplement is scary. And if you have to go, and find somebody to you know put your money down and go wait and you're waiting and worrying and wondering that's only the first po that's not the second and the third and the fourth if the offer scales and takes off because you may have not bought enough so the reason why you know Stephen, i became so passionate about what we do is i i literally owned a fulfillment company 
and then I had another company that I did work with. Um, and I was frustrated because they, they didn't live up to their promise. What they lived up was it was in the postal service and it's out of our hands. And I saw that there was an issue there and I then took back control and I said, I'm going to dedicate my, my career in this industry to helping make sure that your dreams become possible, not just nightmares. Mm. And so we work every single day. That's what our team goes around and says, you know, how can I solve your problem? We screw up. We still make up mistakes. So there's no perfect anything out there. What it is, is when things go wrong, what is it that you do? And that's the company you want to be behind is that things are going to happen because there's humans. No matter even if there's computers, they're programmed by humans, things are going to make mistakes. I just care more. And I think that that's a very powerful point. And you can apply that to any business that you run, run a restaurant, care more than the other person, make sure communication's happening. If the, if the kitchen's late, don't blame it on the kitchen. That's the worst thing a server can do. It's like, oh, right. the kitchen's running late. I'm like, no, 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 no. You own the table and you are representing the four of us as we sit with menus ordering food. Just, hey, we're running a little slow today. I'll do everything I can. I'll top off your drinks. If you need something, wave and say something. And that's just one thing that we teach around here. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it really, I, I, it sounds so simple and yet like that is a huge competitive advantage and saying that anyone can do, right? Almost anyone can care more because most people don't care that much. Um, and it's like kind of a sad, and I don't say to be like a pessimist about life. It's just the reality is like, you see it all the time. I mean, I, even before I got into internet marketing, like I, when I was freelancing and, and doing market research for people, um, it was one of the things I did. And we'd call companies to get quotes. Someone would be like, hey, I want to go into like the IT server space. Can you call like five companies and find out? So we'd call and try and get quotes and, and talking to salespeople. One of my biggest pet peeves was always where I'm like, hey, like I'm trying to give you money. And they're like not replying or they reply like a week later or they sort of like misspell your name or like just like little things like that, that to me, I'm always like, damn, like this is crazy. Like I'm trying to do business with you and you just don't care. And it's such a turnoff, right? Um, unless you have an absolute monopoly where like you're the only, which doesn't really exist, right? Like it, it's like, you gotta care more. So I love that you guys do that. So, so let me talk, let's go back in time then. Cause, and by the way, just ship offers does do custom formulations too. The on-demand is a great place to start with. It's amazing. But for those of you who, you know, are, are really focused on custom formulations, um, you know, they can yeah, help. it's it's your it's your test 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 philosophy and and that's all it is just come test what's working test what's not working and then when the test is running successfully and you're like all right i want to scale this then we go and custom formulate something for you um and you bridge the gap with you know on demand while you're scaling to something custom so that's why it's a great way to scale your business exactly and that's one thing i think some there's one person i'm thinking of specifically who i know is always like ragging on on-demand stuff but it's like you don't get it like first of all your on-demand formulations are quite good like they're they're good ingredients it's like high quality you're sourcing from good places like they're very it's not like these are like garbage supplements they're, they're very good supplements right so you're testing by selling very like high quality stuff to consumers um but again yeah to your point it's like rather than go spend a hundred thousand dollars or you know whatever crazy amount of money that you probably don't have right um like most people don't have it so you know take out a loan go in debt all of that it's like you can put up a supplement offer in like a month and you know find out if it's working and then yeah then you can you can go from there so it's it's i think sometimes people miss that it's not like no one's saying you should just only sell the stock formulations for like the rest of your life but it's a great place to start it's such a service to the market and it now, just gives you scalable options it's nice step one step two so you can and flip it you can back end it i mean there's just a lot of ways to grow a business when your cash flows in your pocket versus yeah like in a PO somewhere stuck and something goes wrong and they're like, well, it'll be ready in five more weeks. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And I've seen that so many times. I mean, I've, you know, it, it's funny I, from my experience is like, once I find someone I like working with, it's like, I like to keep working with them, but you know, I'll see it with, um, I guess in the health side, like with like, um, manufacturers, you see it with merchant processing, you see it with like traffic, there's certain things where I, 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 I know that ship offers works. Right. And then I'll, you're working with somebody and they're like, we're going to use this other solution instead. And then it breaks. And you're like, like, I could have told you this was going to happen because there's very few people or companies that, that can back up their talk. Right. It's very easy to make promises. It's another thing to really, to fulfill on those promises. And, um, you know, I've just always seen that with, uh, with you guys. So, but let's go back in time to like when you were, I mean, so ship how did ship start then exactly? You've been with your partners for, for quite a while, right? I'd love to get to the origin story of that. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So it was crazy. I was in Idaho yesterday and one of our original founding partners, he was in for like six weeks, moved to Idaho. And I, I've kept in touch with him over the years. We were partners in our uh, previous company. And so I ran into him yesterday and Josh got to sit at the table. It was so cool. And Josh got to hear all our old stories and all the things that we had done. And I mean, I'm not claiming that I helped to start the male enhancement industry, but I'm definitely one of the people responsible for the growth of the male enhancement industry. Um, so I've been around this this business since 96 or so online salad. And so, you know, from driving traffic, selling stuff online, um, the origin story is on October 20th of 2000, I decided to walk away from a previous company that I was a partner in and decided to journey down kind of doing my own thing. Um, a couple guys came and jumped on that ship and we launched our company as I-5 and in 2001 we formally got, you know, an office, but between October and let's say February 23rd, this business launched in my garage. So I like to classify like, hey, just like, you know, Amazon and Apple and all these other businesses, we started in a garage with a healthy idea. And at the time we'd sell two to 3,000 orders a day. You know, there was, there was, you know, email marketing and other stuff going on. And uh, I'd run around looking for stamps at the post office, licking stamps to put them on manila envelopes and, you know, dropping products into the, you know, the post office. And we scaled and eventually got to the point, I'm like, I can't do this anymore, man. I, I can't lick 2,000 stamps a day. I mean, it's fun and all, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't work. So we formed a, a small little company, uh, I-5, and got about 2,000 square feet of space in Van Nuys, California. And we moved there and we kind of started that process. And about six months in, um, a gentleman came to our company and happens to be here today. And he is our operations manager for all the warehouse. So he's now grown into having almost 100 employees running around his team. But he started, you know, and has had a chance to grow up with us over the past, you know, 20 years. And uh, through that whole process, we went from selling online, doing a decent job at it, but realized that probably wasn't our sweet spot. What our sweet spot was, is what I mentioned earlier, just taking care of the customer and figuring out how to do that. So for the first 10 years of our business, we would sell online and do a lot of wholesaling and white labeling. And then we got stuck in the eBay world, man. We got stuck in the onesies and twosies. And, sell something for six bucks and somebody calls you up and goes, he's selling it for 605. And I'm like, well, then what are you gonna do? He's like, I'm gonna sell it for 604. And then that whole game went back and forth. And about 2014, 2015, we threw our hands up in there and said, no more onesies and twosies, no more people calling us up and buying small little orders. And that was a big game changer. And I know that through coaching and teaching, you know, increase the value of the offer, make it irresistible, give them something that, you know, you would do a thousand times a day and not complain about. And so we just changed our minimums and, and really that changed the mindset for all of us behind the scenes and changed the mindset of the buyers that we were working with. And that really helped us to hone in on our avatar. And then from 2015 till today, um, it's just been one of those kind of up and down deals because the market shifts and changes. What's hot today is gone tomorrow. And so we, we realized we needed to hone in even more and we're constantly in test phase. You know, there is, there is no straight line in being an entrepreneur or a business owner. It, it bends and curves and sometimes it puts you in a ditch. But the most important thing that we've seen over the last, I'd say three years, is just clear vision. Being very clear on who you serve, how you wanna do it, and then getting people on your team to, to align with you. And so since 2018, uh, you know, it's been nice, man. We doubled 100% last year. You know, 100% growth in a, in a, in a uncertain time. And right now we're at 50% over last year. And so really what does that mean is that we're growing, our brand's growing, but people go, well, you've been around for 20 years. I said, yeah, but very focused for the last like three or four, very focused for the last six years, you know, very focused. Um, and we're learning every day. I've never, I've never ran almost a nine figure business before. So I'm learning, you know, every day and, you know, being a CEO is fun, but I've got a phenomenal, I have one business partner, phenomenal business partner in the other room. You know, he's in charge of, you know, seeing the buying uh, trends, seeing the growth, working with the channel partners to make sure we get paid on time. Because now we are a bank and if banks don't get paid, what do they do? They come running. And our customers are not just in the US, our customers are all over the world and all over, you know, in places that you're not gonna jump on a plane in a COVID time and go visit. There's just, it's not gonna happen. So really building amazing, impeccable relationships and being our word has helped us to really find people doing the same. So what are some of the, things that you 
I guess lessons you've learned that have enabled you to, to, to not break when scaling. I mean, you guys double doubling in size last year, right? I mean, well, I guess what were some of the challenges there? And then what were maybe some of the big takeaways that, that you know, enabled you to navigate through that successfully? Patience, a lot of patience. <laughs> I think that's been um, something that I'm really proud of our team. Um, and number two is like, I couldn't do it on my own anymore. So being, being able to empower your team to try regardless if they're succeeding or not to be patient with them because people need time. And I don't know if you've ever played any sports. Um, I sucked at everything until I found water polo and I had a coach who would pull me aside and says, you know, Hey, you're gonna have a higher probability of winning games. If you'd put yourself in this position and move at a better angle, I was a goalie. So putting yourself in a better position to block the shot and, you know, I wouldn't listen at first, right? Because I knew better and like, hey, I, he's not in here, it's my game. And little by little I'd get scored on and we'd start getting frustrated. And then the, the moment I started listening to people around me, so I have business coaches who have been to nine figures and beyond and 10 figure businesses. Last year was a lot of phone calls. Last year was, you know, you started to show about mentorship. I believe that if you are not asking for help, you are gonna die and you're just slowly dying. Nobody knows it all, but if you talk to enough people and you hear the same story, maybe it's something you should pay attention to. So last year was the year of, hey, shows didn't happen. How are we gonna build a brand and a business when you can't go visit your clientele? You know, what would we do differently? Well, we implemented two things that were really, really big to our brand and our business. And if it's applicable for yours, awesome. Number one is if you're in a service-based business, we decided on Mondays, we would call every customer on our account list um, so we have account managers, we get them to call every single customer and set the tone for the week. If they text, you text them. If they like voice, if you like, you know, camera, whatever, get on the phone with them and give them an idea of what's coming in the week. Then on Friday, recap that with an email or a phone call again, just to say, this is what we got. This is what we're doing. So they can go into the weekend with peace of mind because people just want to know what the heck is going on. So that was really big. I had to make some adjustments. We built a whole VP board. We had no VPs pretty much January of 2020. Now there's seven P VPs for different departments. So that was vital. Um, and getting uh, financial help besides Doug, even though Doug and I have done this for as long as we could, bringing up a guy who's been around, ran multiple companies, helped become the CFO and really move into that position to support Doug, which has been huge. Um, and number two, I think for me, the, the number one thing I have is I have an incredible uh, right hand in Courtney. Courtney has really helped me to, to take my brain, dump it down on the paper and execute way faster because you know, I'm the bottleneck in everything I do. I don't know what you, what you would say about that for yourself, but wherever I go, usually there's something that I'm gonna mess up because I'm trying to do too much. And she helps to juggle all of what I do. She's, she's usually on every call. I'm surprised she isn't even on this call right now. She's usually just taking notes because I'm saying stuff and she's like, oh shit, he just said this. We need to go implement this. We need to go do that. And so just getting people around you who are passionate and who, are, who care. And, and then, you know, at the end of the day, like if you see it, say something, don't wait for somebody else to come and do it. Like, just go make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, when we talked, when I went on your podcast a month or so back and you were like, I've got my list of things that I need to do today. And then once I do those things, I can go play on my ranch because you recently bought a ranch. Was that Courtney who gave you the list or was that somebody else? Cause yeah, I like everything that I do is punched through with, so nobody can put time on my calendar except for me today. All my time has already been allotted. So like my son called earlier and he's getting ready to move to Seattle. And I said, hey, after what I'm doing, these couple podcasts this morning, I can jump on a call. I have, a, I have an hour and a half window. So like Josh couldn't even come and put time on my calendar today. Right. And having a gatekeeper is really the, the key to success because I've taught Josh now and Josh is working on getting a gatekeeper. He doesn't want like 50 calls. If you're in a meeting and your phone's constantly ringing, someone isn't really paying attention to you, they're paying attention to their needs and getting people to be very specific on what it is that they're after. Mm. So I have a punch list, I get through it. After you, I have an hour and a half break. I've got one more meeting this afternoon. I'm going home at like two o'clock today to go play on the ranch. Um, and I love it. It's, it's been the biggest and greatest joy of my life. I was gone for three days and every night I wanted to look at pictures and get home and see my wife and my dog. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Um, yeah. And I love that. And I love that idea of being, you know, guarding your time. Um, I agree, man. I, I think 
Yeah, there's like that book death by meeting. There's just a feeling that people have of like when you're constantly on phone calls, constantly doing meetings that, you know, you can get frustrated because you're like, I feel disconnected from what I want to actually be doing. So there's a time and place for those things to be sure, right? But there's also, um, it's good to guard and treasure your time. And, and do you do anything like, do you have any kind of like deep work time that you sort of like, like put on the calendar or block off time for sort of like that type of stuff? Yeah, so I wake up, typically about five or 5.30, head out and get a workout in. Then I, I call it um, just quiet time. I get up and I journal. Um, I just launched a new campaign called You Are Worth It. So I'm, I'm in beta test and I'm getting ready to scale that. I'm excited because it goes with an app. Um, and so just quiet and get still, deposit into that every day and then give that away. Um, and then read. I think reading is really, really important. Sharpen the mind first thing in the morning. Don't sharpen it at eight o'clock at night because mm. all you're going to feed at eight o'clock is a rerun of some show that you already watched that isn't really adding any value to your life, but is helping you to relax. That's awesome. So I do all my busy work in the morning, try to be done with pretty much anything major. I'd say by noon, anything in the afternoon, I'm kind of just on empty, not in the sense of like not really paying attention, but I kind of feel like I'm at my best in the morning. And so I sleep about four and a half hours a night and I have since wow. I was 18 years old. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's really surprising, man. I would have never, I've guessed that. I mean, I think, um, wow. Cause I, I just, I'm such a big believer in sleep normally. Um, I, you know, like right now I'm having these fatigue issues and I, I slept eight hours last night, but, uh, you know, since you were that young, really? Like only four and a half hours of sleep? Yeah, so when I when I went off to school to play water polo, um, you know, my parents barely had enough money to send me to school. I went to a junior college. I was lucky enough um, to go to school. My parents gave me $500, mainly my mom, gave me $500 a month to live, $80 for rent and 420, no funny, but 420 for food, drugs and whatever else. And I realized it wasn't going to pay my way, pay for my gas, pay for my car, everything that I needed. So I got a job as a radio button pusher making, you know, I think eight to $12 an hour pushing buttons at a radio station, played water polo. And so my day would literally start at 1130 the previous and go till 530 was radio, 630 in the pool till 830 school from like nine till two to three, three to seven was water polo, a little bit of study, sleep for a little bit and go do it all over again. And what I did is I realized that I challenged myself because I can do anything for a short period of time. I can do anything for a burst of time, but how do you turn it into a lifetime? And really just being very crystal clear that some days I'll come home from work and I'm extremely exhausted and I'll, and I'll take a 15 to 20 minute nap, revitalize, charge a little bit of cell and, and get going again. But it's super important for me to be clear that there'll be times in my life, well, I'll, I'll sleep six hours, but I travel well, um, if I'm tired, I take a nap um, and I'm usually jacked up on caffeine 99.9% .9 of the time. So I'm okay. Like I don't drink, but a man, if you looked at me, you would probably say I'm a caffeaholic because I need caffeine and everything. Mm. Interesting, man. That's fascinating. What's in this working for you? Um, so we're going to go to, we'll, we'll go to some uh, of the questions. If you have questions, if you have a question, you're on the zoom call, pop it in the Q and a here and we'll, we'll answer it live. Um, Let's take a pause, Tony, to like, I try and do this in the middle of the show versus the end. Um, what are some ways that people can can follow you, interact with you more, things like that? You've got your podcast. Um, what are the best ways for people to do uh, to kind of stay in touch with you? Well, I was given a really incredible name. So Grebmeyer, <laughs> so TonyGrebmeyer.com. I tell people, it's like yours. It's like, how yeah. do you pronounce it? How do you say it? Um, just TonyGrebmeyer.com. That's the best way. You can you can get the ship offers from there. You can follow my podcast. You can see my journals. You can see the stuff that I'm up to. It's really simple. And I and I also encourage you if like something I said today resonated or you're curious or you have a question, you want more like, you know, info behind it, come ask me a question. Follow me on Facebook, send me an Instagram message or whatnot, and I'll get back to you. My goal is to be supportive and help you um, to be the best version of yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, for people who are here live or who are going to watch the every play on YouTube or listen on iTunes. Um, Tony really means that like you're one of those people who you're very selfless as a mentor and you're someone who people, you know, all the time, like reach out to and, and you're very giving. So, so people should take you up on that. Um, yeah, be careful if you ask and, and I give yeah. you advice and you don't <laughs> implement it and you come crawling back in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. It's okay. I did, I did the same, but just know that my goal is to challenge your thinking. I don't care what you do. I care what you do about it. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I care. And it's good. It's good. I mean, because again, it's one thing to just do all advice, but to actually care, right? Going back to like the, the, the whole part of the theme of this, the, this episode is just caring more, right? And uh, out carrying the competition and out carrying other people. So, um, if, again, if you have questions, put, put them in the Q&A. Sometimes we have lots, sometimes we don't, but um, yeah. I'm boring. Most people don't have any questions because they're afraid. You they're know? scared of you. I think that's it. You're just intimidating. I feel like I was kind of intimidated uh, of you for a while, but only because you were like, you were just so dialed in that I was like, man, this guy's got, you know, seems to have his shit together so much. And then there's because all- Because I had, I didn't have my shit together for so damn long. I mean, yeah. most people don't want to get to the point where they want to take their life. You know, right. I was on seven out of eight things that Heath Ledger was on. Marriage was pretty much over. Business was pretty much done. My kids, you know, really didn't know or want to, you know, spend a lot of quality time. So just imagine like if you stop wherever you're at listening to this episode right now and saying, you know, are you living your best dash from the day you're born until the day eventually we die? Are you living your best dash? And I wasn't, and I was living like my grave. I was literally digging every single day in my grave. And uh, when I went and finally got some help and therapy and, and I wanted to be the best version of myself and I challenge people that all the time. I don't, I don't care what you did. I screwed, I screwed up probably more than most. You know, I have a lot of resentments about the shit that I did in my childhood. But the one thing that I learned is the hardest person to forgive is yourself. Well, I will tell you my business partner, uh, I don't know, we were in a meeting six months ago and he goes, I finally understand all the personal development. I finally, it, like mm. it, it finally hit me because a lot of it's woo-woo. I mean, one of my coaches and mentors was Sean Stevenson. And, you know, we used to sit all the time and he'd always say, Tony, like, why do you just focus on helping one person today? And I'm like, you know, I, it just made sense. He's like, you know, you don't want to get your story out there and impact the world. I said, yeah, but, you know, if you look at Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King or whoever it would be, one person. I'm after helping one today to go be the ripple effect in the world. Like, I don't need to be that change. I just need to help myself be the best version. And then I'll attract the people who want change in their life. How was it? I mean, what are what were some of the secrets to to kind of forgiving yourself and learning to love yourself? And and I mean, how did you how did you get there? I, what what are, for people who maybe because you know you say that a lot. I mean, you, you and I both love mindset, and and I just find it to be one of the most underrated things. It still is because people feel like you know self help woo woo, like all this kind of like right, like I, I get I felt that way. It was only like a few years ago because I I just saw really smart, capable, competent people who were just screwing themselves by doing the self-destructive things or who didn't have confidence and or, or who, you know, just had these patterns in their lives that they like couldn't get out of their own way. And I, and I realized a lot of it like was mindset. And then if you look at like professional athletes, they talk about all the, you know, the time too. It's like, like, um, I don't know if you, you know, like, uh, like Brian Neal, right? Like, uh, there's Ed O'Keefe and then Kano his like, you know, and then Brian, Brian Neal's his partner. And he's like a strength and conditioning coach at like, um, where he's at now but basically d1 you know college like uh like and and, and he's training like olympic athletes and all that and we were hanging out a year ago and for the baseball program i think it was for virginia tech or somewhere and he was talking about how it's like there's a bunch of guys who actually have the same talent but the ones who end up going to the majors are right the ones who have the right mindset and it just it, it, which makes perfect sense but it literally is like the like, like lebron james has a mindset coach right like kobe bryant had a mindset coach like pick your like person so if like it's 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 but the most top performers in the world have mindset coaches, but it's still hard. It's hard for people to embrace mindset. And then a lot of people have a hard time not, you know, giving them, cutting themselves a break or learning to love themselves. So what was, what were some of the things that you kind of learned or that helped you to, to be able to accept yourself and love yourself? Well, my mom said something to me that was really powerful. And I use it all the time that, you know, the, the fans in the stands when you're born won't be there in the end. So time is the most important thing that we can't get back. Um, you know, I didn't have a great childhood with my father and towards the end of life when he had dementia and Alzheimer's, um, I visited my dad a week before he passed and I just said, I forgive you. I said, I forgive you for everything. He couldn't talk, he was gone, you know, mentally. And I said, I just forgive you. And I did it for myself, not for him. And well, I whispered in his ear to tell him I love him, regardless of the past, in this present moment, I can't move on if I'm holding that and making that a part of me. And so today I live with a very simple mindset that I didn't have when I was younger. 
which is be a conduit. Don't let it stop with you. Let it flow through you. Everything that you're going through is 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 shit. It's going to happen. It's, it's it, what you're going through is the biggest thing you've ever gone through. The person next to you is learning from you. And if you can talk about it, then you have somebody who can understand you because most of us don't have anybody to really talk to. And if you do talk to the same people all the time, they're tired of it. So what I've just learned is, is to forgive myself is the hardest and the most important thing, but it's usually the last. It's easier to let people be people because <clears throat> there's no perfect people and people are gonna make a ton of mistakes in their lives. <clears throat> so one of the things that I did early on um, is I got all my thoughts out of my head and I got them down on paper. <clears throat> and part of the Be Fulfilled Journal and its kind of creative process was to transfer your thoughts from, from where you're at and what you're up to, getting it down on, on paper. And then when you could see it, you realize, man, I've been making a lot of crap out of a little, little problem. And most of what we struggle with as human beings is that our past weights our present down so we can't create a future. Because our future is nothing more than a repeat of what we've gone through unless <clears throat> Buckminster Fuller says, you know, you gotta build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. If you really wanna create the future, then you have to exist in this reality that you want things to change. Most people are happy where they're at. I mean, I, you can talk about money, you can talk about relational, it doesn't matter. I mean, I sat with somebody at a ClickBank summit and I sat down and talked to him, Christian, and then we were, we were talking about like, he's like, you know, I just wanna meet the right girl. And I'm like, so describe the right girl. And he's like, oh, it's this, and it's gonna be like that. And I'm like, no, describe in detail what the right girl is mm. or the right person, color, hair, eyes, freckles on their face. He's like, freckles, I don't even like freckles, right? They're, they're so funny. And then I see him like three weeks later, he's like, oh my God, I fell in love with this girl. She's got a beautiful freckle right on her face. And, da, 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 da. and it's because we got clear of what we wanted. Most of us carry around just some idea and a vision. We don't know what we want. And so we're complaining all the time about, well, this happened, it keeps happening. I'm like, well, get clear about why you don't want it to happen. So pen to paper, put it down, say what would happen, pros and cons. And next thing you know, you have clarity and now you can go actually and solve the formulation. It's why you see people with Rubik's cubes. They can solve them with their eyes closed because they know how to do it. You haven't solved the Rubik's cube. So when you learn how to solve it, you'll do it all the time. You can close your eyes and do it. So any problem that comes up is really just me getting clear about what's, what am I doing? What's affecting me today? And why is it affecting me? And it's usually me. I don't like what Stefan's telling me. You know, I don't like what Josh is telling me. I don't like what Doug's telling me. I'm like, I want to move as fast as I can, not as slow as I can. I hate waiting. And then when I realize, I'm like, what he's telling me is helping me and I have an impulse problem. Mm. I'm not willing to be still. Flow, conduit, let it go through me, not stop with me. And then I'm open to any possibility that comes my way. And so forgiveness was the thing that I learned. And, you know, I've done enough work with enough people I probably coached well over a thousand people to get over anything that they're going through. And I can tell you out of about a thousand, only about probably 500 of them actually have decided to do something about it. The rest will just talk about it. It didn't work because they didn't want to do the work. That's all that, that D one coach said, right? The ones who want to get to the next level are willing to do the work. Yeah. Not everybody will. So don't be mad. Just be understanding that not everybody's you. Yeah, I have a hard time with that because I want to hire and bring on the best people on the team. <laughs> and my business partner will say, well, not everybody's going to be like you. And that's hard because the company would not work if there was a bunch of me's running around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so one interesting anecdotal thing, too, with the athletes is um, I just saw this, but I think it's, it might be powerful for some people is, is you know, I own like um, a small percentage of a sports agency, right? I have like five, I own 5%. Mm -hmm. We have some players in like the NFL, players in the majors, stuff like that. Um, like Austin Eckler is one of our clients. He's like the starting running back for the LA Chargers, um, people like that. But like we have one guy in the minors for baseball who's a very um, super talented player. And I was talking to the, the majority owner about this like, you know, a, a few months back. And he was talking about how the guy's attitude got really bad. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's constantly like complaining about everything. It's like, well, you know, like this person got called up and I didn't, or they're not, you know, they want me to do this. So like the guy was like, basically, you know, so his mindset got really shitty. Right. Which immediately I was like, Oh, this, it's a mindset problem. Like we need to hire like a mindset coach for this guy. But what was so interesting is um, the partner in the business was saying how he would talk to somebody and like, 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 like he had a call with somebody uh, like a, like a front office executive for like a major league baseball team. Right. And the guy was like being like really like kind of mean to, to like, my friend, the part the main part of the business. And my friend was kind of, Hey man, like, like what's going on? Why is there all this like animosity towards me? And 
the executive was like, you know, man, you're totally right. I'm sorry. Actually, honestly, it's because of this player. He's like, he's, you know, he has been so negative that now he's like, I find myself like actively rooting against him. And like, so are other people in the organization. It's like, we're actually just actively rooting against this guy. Like, we can't, you know, cut him because we signed him and paid like, you know, paid him a good amount of money. And he's like, but, but like, I, I think we're all like actually want this guy to fail because of like, and it was wild because right. That, that's how your negative mindset can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not just for you. But so you can create an environment where other people are now actively rooting against you as well. Um, and it just was really, I guess, kind of profound to think about that because it's like it is within yourself, but but it has ripple effects, too. Um, and by the way, the, the good news is this player has basically had to come to Jesus and, and figured out his mindset stuff and is doing a lot better. But um, super talented, like literally one of the most talented people we have, right, could easily have like a 10, 15 year career in the majors. Right. But like this close to this totally fucking it up forever and it was purely like a, a mindset thing so it's just fucking fascinating I, I like the uh the way i i've learned it i wrote about it in my journal <clears throat> that everybody in front of them has life's dumpster and everything the good the bad and the ugly all the crap we've gone through is sitting in this life's dumpster and we push oh, it into everything we do right so if it's filled with negativity you're going to push negativity into everything so your loved ones, your agent, your friends, whoever is on the other side of it. And your goal is to walk around it as fast as possible once you acknowledge it. Because it's only a blind spot once. After that, it's a choice. And so we're choosing those things mm. instead of, of like acknowledging, whoa, maybe I need to do something about it. So I teach and help people to get to the other side of life's dumpster. But we ain't moving from life's dumpster. We're just going to turn our backs for a second and visualize what the future could be if there was nothing in front of it. Mm. The life's dumpster is behind you and your job, like mine, is to help you recycle it and get the good stuff out of it. Because what was negative today could be a very positive and helpful tool for you and others in the future. My message is really my mess. Mm. It's the most powerful teacher I have to help people today is because I've learned all of these experiences and have gone through so much stuff. I mean, I have a lot of adversity that I don't talk about, just a lot of stuff that has helped me. I mean, I've played at the highest form next to playing in the Olympics for water polo, right? I blew out my knees. I came to the Olympic Training Center, you know. I had a prophecy when I was 17 years old and got a fake ID that I said I was gonna live in Colorado and I put the name down on my ID was, my fake ID was alcoholic. I wasn't even alcoholic. It was just weird, but like, you be careful of your mind because your mind's going to bleed into a lot of things. So if you can get over this shit as fast as possible, the, the belief and truth is I'm so grateful that I've got an amazing wife, first and foremost. Like my wife helps me to see my blind spots and helps me to be the best version of myself. Hmm. And so, you know, I got to like, you know, I went through the darkness, but I fixed my marriage. I got out of a million plus dollars in debt with my my wife and others. I'm grateful that I'm not in that situation. I, you know, I went and turned a, you know, a five figure business at the time, you know, just did a little over 40 million last year up from 18 million previous year. Right. And we're on pace to do 50 or 60 million this year. Right. So we, I've got a, I got to have a quarter of a billion dollar plan in front of me over the next five years that I'm executing on. Right. So I, I see it. So my vision really became like surround yourself with people like Stefan and others who have vision and get around them as fast as possible. I mean, I was hanging out with uh, the CEO of ClickBank the other day. I mean, like a billion dollar or so company a year. I got one hour of time. I'm just sitting and sucking it all up, asking tons of questions, having fun. And how do you run it? How do you manage it? How did you do last year? Da, 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 da. <clears throat> and it all comes back down to people are willing to give you their time if you're willing to, to actually show up and give your time. Mm -hmm. So when you, get the, when you get the chance to talk to somebody, if they're going through hell, don't leave them in hell. That's why I love Jim Rohn's quote. You know, it says, don't leave them in the mess. You know, you don't want to leave somebody in the mess unless they're happy and they, they want to stay stuck on the porta potty. But my, my job is anytime I talk to anybody, if I'm talking to you, I'm bringing positivity and light. If you can hang, great. If you if you want to complain about it, that's on you. But I'm I know what works today in my life. I know that if I show up and I go down the hall and I pat somebody, you know, technically, I say thank you for what you do. What you do really really matters, and I give them words of encouragement, or I can be an absolute jerk to them. I guarantee you, their work performance is going to shift. So love on the people in your life. Be a beacon for the people who need help. And the people who don't know you be kind to all people because one day that person that you meet for me at like the dentist's office became a, a vp of our account management mm -hmm. i didn't know when i met her eight years ago but i invest in people and that person called one day and going hey i need a different career and i said well you want to come be a part of our team i didn't say come work for me so come work with me 
Right. So words have a power and make sure that the people that you are getting advice from are speaking positivity and light, but also are brutally honest and pull you aside. And uh, I've been beat up pretty good. I've, I've walked away from some things with my ego and my pride hurt, but I realized that was ultimately what I needed. That was the D1 guy or the, you know, the person you invested in, the baseball player, come to Jesus. He just woke up to his potential and sought for himself. And all yeah. you guys did probably was held up a mirror and let him see his reflection. Because a lot of us lose the vitamin D. Like you're next to a window, it's closed right now. I'm like, my first thing is like, go take a five minute walk outside after this call, Yeah, five minutes a walk. Most people won't, they'll get the advice, they'll never do it, go take a five minute walk. And suck up all of the kind of the outside noise and the air and everything around you and just take deep breaths and go, man, I'm here today for a reason. Can't be miserable, change your, flip your mindset. Next thing you know, like you feel better. Vitamin D is an amazing, powerful, natural resource. It's available to all of us, but most of us hide in the dark because we're afraid of the light. Dude, I love that, Tony. Yeah, and I will. We're gonna we're gonna go to a, a dog beach later. Me, Laura, yeah. and our dog. So, gonna get a, a lot of that vitamin D, um, and I could probably use it. Um, so, I just have uh, one question um, from Safa. I'll, I'll just read it out because it kind of ties into everything we were just talking about. So, Safa had asked about. He said, "Fear of success. How do you deal with when your mind is like, why are you trying so hard? Once you get the deal, you will mess it up." And we kind of talked about some of this already within the mindset context, but yeah, I thought it was a good question. I wanted to, to see what you would say to Safa. Safa, first, thank you. But most important thing I learned in my journey, and I'm not perfect at this, is you're never done with the deal. Hmm. So I, I don't try to live in fear. What I try to do is make sure that the person is constantly hearing from us. So, you know, implementing communication and finding what or how that person likes to communicate, whoever you're working with. Um, that's why I've always been envious, regardless if you like them or not, of Starbucks. The moment I walk in, they know my order. They care enough. They just know, oh my God, Tony's here. He wants a, you know, a Trenta with iced coffee, no classic, add almond milk. Like he just wants what he wants. Oh, he wants his egg bites double cooked, right? And he wants a side of sriracha. I know what I want. They know what I need and they're willing to give it to me. So I'm never in fear when I walk there that they're going to be A, out of a coffee. And I never walk the A, they're gonna be no egg bites. I, I don't operate in fear, I operate in like need and wants. And I get everything I need by wanting the universe to work around me and not in a woo woo or whatnot way. But every time Safa, you do this or Stefan or I do this, you flip a light switch, what happens? The light goes on. Every once in a while it burns out. What do you do? Change it. That's all I really have to do. Oh, actually I love that. I love that framing of the light switch. That really, uh, yeah, it's so true, right? And um... I talk about like, you know, I, I love processes too and things like that. So like if you put in the work, if you follow the process, if you have a, like a process, um, you know, you tend to get the the same outcome, right? And then if you don't, then it's like, you just adjust it. You just change the light bulb. You know I mean? That's the best part. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, got it. Yeah. Safa said, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, that, mm, God, that was good, Tony. Um, cool, man. Well, I think we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll start to wrap up here. Um, before we do so again uh check out tonygrebmeyer.com uh for those of you who want more tony in your lives and for those who are like how do you spell grebmeyer you know uh g-r-e-b-m-e-i-e-r for tony um tony any any like kind of final words of uh of wisdom or, or really just anything else you want to share with our audience before we wrap up here i would tell you the most important thing is man just be kind to people like in the world right now, wherever you live, whatever country you're in or what you're going through, everybody is trying to figure out what's going on, regardless if, if they got a vaccine, didn't get a vaccine, what your, your political views are and all that. Move all that to the side for a moment. And I think the most important thing that I'm after today is that I need to remind myself to be a person who shows grace because I've been asked to have grace bestowed upon me. I, I don't know it all. I'm learning constantly. I'm, I'm making a ton of mistakes. You know, as long as you communicate and you truly mean it and you really are willing to change, I think the world will change around you and you'll start getting what I believe we all want, which is just love. I, I, I really do. I mean, you're going to go walk to a dog park, let your your dog walk, you know, hang out with your wife, child, you're going to go have fun. You're doing it because you want to be around people you love. Yeah. Well, right now, if you walk into a restaurant at anywhere in the world, there's a mask, no mask, your wait time. Why does food take 45 minutes? Just show grace. We are all trying to figure this out. I believe we won't be back to, 
kind of some good routines in our world and our society for several years because there's going to be all those people that are politically going to make it worse. There's going to be these people who are blaming everything on a conspiracy. I'm like, all that shit is waste of energy and time. Just show love and be kind to those around you and watch how the world uh, is kind and loving to you. That's awesome. That's great advice. So thank you. My guest, Tony Grammeyer again, for everybody um, who joined us live on Facebook Live or here on Zoom, thank you for, for dropping in. For those of you who watch on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment, hit the like button, let us know what you thought of this episode, any big takeaways you had on iTunes, make sure you are subscribed. And um, if you feel, if you enjoy Road to Billion, leave a review. It would be amazing. Uh, other than that, we will be back uh, next week and we'll talk to everyone then. Thank you again, Tony. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.